let's see here. Today, I can't believe it's October. 2 October, it's Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report. Enemy at the Game Controller. Yeah, not a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, uh, before we get into our first set of articles from Israel News, I want to send out a giant thank you to two people that showed up at church this morning. Uh, they saw what happened at the house. Sergio did a video. He posted it, and uh, uh, instead of staying home this weekend, we had Lee and Mike drive. Lee came from Maryland. Mike came from Illinois. A thousand-mile drive and a 1,200-mile drive to help with the house. So I, I, I can't tell you what that means. They attend online. They uh, are moderators for the online church, and uh, they just dropped everything. They got in their truck. I drove up this morning, and here's these two kind of hippie-looking guys sitting on the truck. So I pulled up a little farther, not realizing it was them. Like, I don't want to get around these guys. And I hear Lee's voice, and I'm like, my goodness. I turn around, and I said, oh, there he is. So they, they drove all the way from the north of the U.S. just to help out with the, the damage here. And uh, you're going to be here all week. Is that right? So unbelievable. Uh, my hat's off to him. I'm so thankful. And uh, it's good to have you both here. I haven't met uh, Tricky Mick until today, but it's a real honor getting to know you personally now. And then we also have Phil and Michelle who are visiting. They uh, first time coming to the church. And so please make them feel welcome. And we've got lots of food at the halftime. So stick around and have some of that. Um, I, I just, I, don't have enough to say about what's happened over the past couple days, how you kind of can come to appreciate the simple, basic things that we take for granted. Amen. And the Bible says that there's a time coming where uh, the world is going to go into the tribulation period, and it's a time of great disaster coming on the earth. And all we had was a couple days without power and without water, and you think of what it means for these people that are, when the ball drops, I mean, you know, stores are closed around here. Gas line is, you know, 200 cars long. And this is when we have supplies still available. When the ball drops and the world doesn't have these things, people are literally going to be tearing each other apart just to eat. And so I would hope that you would take the past couple of days to heart and be willing to tell people about Jesus and let them know that there is a better hope in this life than the world we're living in. Because these past couple of days have been really, really difficult. I've been through quite a few hurricanes in my life, and this one was uh, a little farther away than George, which was some years ago. That landed right in Venice, uh, but the damage was a lot, lot worse in some places. And in Fort Myers, I mean, this morning I read so far 77 they found dead. Uh, those people didn't expect to wake up and die that day. They thought life was going to go on and everything's going to be fine. So please uh, be willing to tell people about Jesus. This is, this is the time that we have available to us. And when that time is over, the world is not going to be a happy place. So we have a greater hope than this world. But without Jesus, I don't know how people could make it just going through what we went through for the past couple of days. So, but... Thank you to everybody that's uh, sent their uh, love, their prayers. I finally got back power late yesterday or midday yesterday, and I turned on the email, and there were 214 emails of people just wishing us well. 
And so I tried to respond to every one of them and let them know how much I appreciate that. Um, there's a lot of work to be done. So if people can hold off on emails and questions for a week or two, that would be great. And I'm really, really tired. So uh, apologies about that as well. It's been a, a tough couple of days of cleaning things up, and uh, uh, but the house is starting to look spiffy and, you know... There you go. And I hope that's the case with everybody here, that if you've got trouble, that uh, you can rely on other people to help you out and uh, just be there uh, for each other. Anyway, we've got some news from Israel today. From the Times of Israel, Israel said ready to sell advanced air defense system to the UAE. Who would have thought that? The Spider mobile interceptors made by Rafael Advanced Defense Systems are capable of defending against various types of aircraft and threats, including drones and cruise missiles. Here, they're putting in defense systems from Israel to protect them from other Muslim countries. This would not have even been imagined two years ago before Donald Trump got the Abraham Accords in place. And uh, they're very worried about Iran and what's coming there. They're worried about the Shiites that are in Yemen. And uh, so they're going to Israel, a nation that they have been at war with since 1948. And now they are, have made peace and they are buying armaments from Israel. Another source said that Abu Dhabi had bought Israeli systems that can counter drone attacks that are a threat to the UAE. Early this year, Yemen's Iran-backed Houthi rebels launched several missile and drone attacks targeting the UAE, leading to reports that Israel was considering selling defense systems to the Emirates. IAF officials have told Israel outlets anonymously that Jerusalem was working on the prospective alliance with its Mideast partners, and the countries have also recently developed joint systems for detecting missile and drone threats. Amazing. Okay, from the Hill, U.S. quietly pursues Middle East breakthrough with Israel-Lebanon deal. The negotiations appear to be closing in on the finish line amid intensive negotiations between U.S., Israeli, and Lebanese officials on the sidelines of the UNGA, which was a week ago, in New York. The admin has taken pains to downplay the significance of the potential agreement, concerned that anything that appears to look like normalization between Israel and Lebanon would set off a catastrophic fight with Hezbollah, which has an estimated 150,000 missiles positioned on Israel's northern border. The negotiations are being led by Emis Hochstein, Special Presidential Coordinator for International Energy. He launched mediations between Israel and Lebanon in mid-October, following up on talks that were initiated during the former Trump admin in 2019. So there you go, interesting stuff with Lebanon. And, you know, the main thing is that they've got this uh, uh, gas well out there in the Mediterranean, and where are we going to have the line of demarcation where Israel can pull from, where Lebanon can pull from, and these things have all been very, very tense, and uh, it looks like those things are starting to fall into place, but we'll have to see where that goes. From the Times of Israel, visiting Israel, Pakistani delegation promotes vision of peace one step at a time. The delegation of Pakistani community leaders 
touring the country as a part of a regional peace initiative, arrived in Israel for a six-day visit designed to foster deeper ties between the two countries, which do not have diplomatic relations. This is something I never would have expected, is that Pakistan would have a delegation go to Israel. They currently are in a state of war with Israel, and yet they are working on uh, peace overtures at this time. So it's rather incredible to see. The group, some of whom live in the U.S. and some in Pakistan, also met with President Yitzhak Herzog, local business leaders and political experts. Coming here has cleared up a whole lot of misunderstandings, fixed notions, and wrong perceptions, Ashraf, a former Pakistani government minister, said. So they've been looking at Israel as the enemy all along. They're going there and they're finding out that this is not the way it is at all. So uh, unbelievable changes that are happening uh, with Israel right now, which is leading the world right into the end times. Okay, we've got some news from Christianity today. And before I give you our first article, I want to thank everybody that offered to help with the Pakistan Jesus movie mission that uh, we talked about last week. I had probably... I can't tell you how many people, maybe 50, that emailed and said, I want to support that or I want to fully fund that. And I had to tell every single one of them, I'm sorry, we don't need any money because while I was sitting here asking for help for that ministry, a couple people in the church sitting among you right now went into PayPal and sent the money to them while we were still talking. And so everybody else that wanted to help with that, uh, may the Lord give them credit for offering. And uh, they just got beat out by some sneaky people sitting right here in the congregation. So rather amazing. Uh, they are going to make this presentation. They sent a letter already thanking the people that uh, gave the money, but uh, they're going to have this presentation risking their lives to do this, to bring the entire village the Jesus movie and to have fellowship afterward and to tell them the gospel of Jesus. And so I would ask that you would pray for these people in Pakistan. I cannot give their names, but uh, uh, just pray that this will be a success. And listen, you think about telling one person about Jesus, and then the message goes out to a couple more, and pretty soon it goes out to 40, and those 40 can multiply to 5,000. It, it can go that quickly. So I would just ask that you would pray for this. Uh, from CAN, bishops in Belgium defy Vatican, publish ceremony for blessing same-sex unions. In open defiance of the Vatican, which it's not really because of the Pope that's up there that holds to these values, he can't go against the Synod and the, uh, the Vatican uh, written code, but he's written his own little code and people are following along with that. And uh, so in open defiance of the Vatican, Catholic bishops in Belgium announced the introduction of blessing ceremonies for same-sex couples in their diocese. The bishops of Flanders also published a liturgy for the celebration of homosexual unions. In doing so, they are going directly against the Vatican. The Vatican published an official clarification in March of 2021 that the Catholic Church does not have the power to give liturgical blessing of homosexual unions. We talked about that when they came out with that. However, basing their argument on Amoris Laetitia, which is the document the Pope wrote, Cardinal Joseph de Kessel of Mechelen, Brussels, and other bishops of the Flemish-speaking part of Belgium on September 20th published a document titled Being Pastorally Close to Homosexual Persons for a Welcoming Church that Excludes No One. These people have never read the last page of Scripture. 
okay? They probably never read the Bible at all, but they certainly did not make it to Revelation 22. The bishop's publication contains a suggested liturgy for same-sex blessings, including prayers, scripture reading, and parts in which the couple can express before God how they are committed to one another. The bishops of the, you know, it's like reading the Old Testament, how Israel put this right up in the face of God, and the church is following exactly the same pattern, and the Lord told why he would destroy Israel, why they would be exiled, and he did it. And he's told the church in the letters to the seven churches what he is going to do to those churches that don't turn from this type of thing. And it's as if the Bible doesn't matter at all. It has no bearing to these people. The bishop of the Flemish-speaking part of Belgium also announced that each diocese will appoint a person as a concrete response and fulfillment to the desire to give explicit attention to the situation of homosexual persons, their parents and families, and the conduct of policy. Pope Francis also expressed this explicitly in his April 2016 apostolic exhortation on the pastoral care of families. Once again, it's called Amoris Laetitia, or the joy of love. The Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith issued its latest declaration on same-sex blessings on March 15, 2021, in a document known as Responsum Ad Dubium, Response to a Question. In reply to the query, does the church have the power to give the blessing to unions of persons of the same sex? The CDF answered negative. From Just the News, New York City drops COVID vaccine mandate for private sector, but not for public workers. They are doing the same thing in New York City that the person in the White House is currently doing to the government of the United States. This announcement is more proof than that the vaccine mandate for New York City police officers is arbitrary, capricious, and fundamentally irrational, said Police Benevolent Association President Patrick Lynch. Uniform Firefighters Association President Andrew Ansborough, who is head of a union representing about 20,000 active and retired firefighters, said he's outraged by the mayor's decision. The mayor has once again backed off vaccine mandates for the private sector, and now private sector employees will be without a mandate as of 1 November, while the New York City firefighters are still facing the acts, Ansborough said. And this comes solely down to getting rid of Christians out of government positions. That's all this is directed at. That is it. From Business Insider, yes, Miss Garrett, can we help you? <laughs> From Business Insider, Russian Orthodox leader said Russians, listen to this, Russian soldiers who die in the Ukraine war are committing a sacrifice that washes away all the sins as many citizens leave the country to avoid the draft. Patriarch Krill I said Russian soldiers who die in the war will be absolved of sins. The Sunday sermon came days after Russia announced the mobilization of 300,000 troops. Kirill is known to support Russian President Vladimir Putin and the invasion of the Ukraine. I can tell you something quite clearly that if anybody ever gets into the office of president here and says that to you or your children, they say, if you do this, you'll... Uh, Bert Carico, what are you doing here today? I got the day wrong. I didn't even see you until right now. Good to have you here, Burke. Okay, if somebody tells you that, they're just you want to tell them that there is no way to have your sins absolved apart from Jesus Christ. That's it. There is no other way. That's what? Islamic 
That's Islamic thinking. That's right. Go blow somebody up, explode yourself and other people, and your sins are washed away. You get to go straight to heaven. Listen, that is not scriptural. That is anti-Christian, and it is (laughs) just don't listen to people like that. All right, we got some news from the Mideast and Africa today from Common Sense. Two bombings in one night. That's normal now in Sweden. Yesterday morning, Swedes woke up to news of a kind that has become all too familiar. During the night, powerful bombs exploded at apartment buildings in two different towns in southern Sweden. One person was severely injured in Astorp, where a witness told the press people screamed and cried. A resident told Radio Sweden that his seven-year-old had come running into his bedroom screaming as the blast made their apartment shake. In Helsingborg, the explosion was so powerful that, according to the police, cars parked nearby were destroyed. It is still unclear if the bombings are connected to each other or who is behind them. Since 2018, there have been almost 500 bombings. Yes, bombings in what is known as one of the most stable societies in the world. There's not just a bombing problem, there are shootings too. Sweden, which has a population of around 10 million, has the highest per capita number of deadly shootings of 22 European countries. A couple years ago, they had no shootings at all. 47 people have been shot dead so far this year, which, while far from American levels of gun homicide, is extreme for Europe. Other European countries have come to look at Sweden with horror. Among shooting suspects, 85% are first or second generation immigrants, as immigrant neighborhoods have become hotbeds for gang crime. National Police Commissioner Andres Thornburg has described the violence as an entirely different kind of brutality than we've ever seen before. And his deputy, Mats Lofving, says that 40 criminal clans now operate throughout the country. Spreading fear are humiliation robberies targeting children and youth in which victims are subjected to degrading treatment by assailants, such as I won't read it. Disgusting what they do. Just this week, four men were sentenced for robbing, beating, and once again doing this to an 18-year-old who was also filmed by his tormentors. The one thing that they left out of that article, because they don't want to say it out loud, is that these are Islamic immigrants. From Breitbart, Migrant Armada. English Channel boat migrant number crossed 30,000. It's just, you know, they've got just a smaller version of our southern border. But the thing is now, you want to remember this with these migrants crossing over into the UK. They're coming from a country that they're already accepted in. There's no reason for them to leave France except the UK gives more money, more benefits, and they can do less work in the process. And so that's why they want to leave France and they want to go into the UK. The number of illegal migrants arriving in the UK after crossing the English Channel by boat has now surpassed 30,000. This is by boat. You just pick them up and send them back. In the first half of this year, the department recorded nearly 13,000 migrant arrivals across the channel, while the month of August alone saw a total of 8,641 migrants enter the UK. The former yearly record number of boat migrant arrivals, 28,526, was broken earlier this month, which is September, as former Home Secretary Prati Patel resigned after failing to deliver on promises to reduce the number of illegal immigrant arrivals. And I can tell you right now, you know this from previous articles, that Prati Patel is not to blame for this. 
She had the agreement to ship these people to Rwanda until their cases could be determined. It was all set up. The plane was on the tarmac, and of course, the lefties in the nation sued. And so they took them off the airplane, and they're still having these people come in. It wasn't her fault. It's the people that want their countries destroyed that are doing this. From Mail Online, child boat migrant who sailed across the channel to the UK is actually a 25-year-old Iranian trying to date over 30s who was caught by his gray beard. All you have to do is say, I'm under 17, and they let you into the country immediately. There's no questioning them. They just come in. Later, somebody identified him as having gray in his beard, and they said, you're obviously older than 17. I don't know what the disposition of this guy will be. He'll probably get a government job. From CNBC, Turkey cuts interest rates again as country struggles under 80% inflation. We've got Erdogan in Turkey, who is a financial genius. Turkey's central bank surprised markets once again with its decision to cut its key interest rate despite inflation in the country surging beyond 80%. The country's monetary policymakers opted for a 100 basis point cut, bringing the key one-week repurchase rate from 13% to 12%. In August, Turkish inflation rate was recorded at 80.2% quickening for the 15th consecutive month and the highest level in 24 years. Turkey also cut rates by 100 basis points in August and had gradually lowered interest rates by 500 basis points at the end of 2021, setting off a currency crisis. A statement from the Central Bank of the Republic of Turkey said it has assessed that the updated level of policy is adequate under the current outlook. It said the cut was necessary as growth and demand continued to slow and also cited escalating geopolitical risk. It said markets should expect the disinflation process to begin on the back of the measures taken. The policy direction has long stunned investors and economists who say the refusal to tighten policy is a result of political pressure from Turkish President Erdogan, who has long railed against interest rates and turned against economic orthodoxy by insisting that lowering rates are the way to bring down inflation. Okay, we got something interesting here from Mongolia, from Euronews. Russians flee to Mongolia after Putin's mobilization order. Last week, Putin announced more people were needed to fight Russia's war in Ukraine. It sparked a surge in online searches for flights and prices soared on routes from Moscow to Istanbul and Belgrade. At Russia's border with Mongolia, there were lines of vehicles and people. The head of a checkpoint in the town of Alton Bulag said more than 3,000 Russians had entered Mongolia via the crossing, most of them men. So there you go. He's uh, calling up people, reservists, draftees, and all this. And uh, that guy, Snowden, just became a Russian citizen, right? And they're saying, now you could be called up and forced into the army. I mean, you don't know. I mean, with what's going on, these people are just trying to get out of there. All right. Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. From American Military News, here's the U.S. military's secret new dream chaser space plane. As soon as 2023, which is coming soon to a year near you, the U.S. military could have a new spacecraft to transport troops to space and low Earth orbit locations anywhere in the world within 
three hours. Colorado-based aerospace company Sierra Space announced that it signed a research and development contract with the U.S. Transportation Command to develop options to transport military crews and cargo around the world using Dream Chaser space plane. The Dream Chaser space plane is a seven-passenger winged shuttle-like plane that launches to space on a rocket and flies back to Earth, landing on a runway. It's designed to be highly reusable as it can be launched on various launch vehicles and land on a wide range of runways. The 30-foot-long space plane will haul a cargo module called the Shooting Star that will be towed behind it and it's capable of carrying an additional 10,000 pounds of equipment and supplies. Both the U.S. Transportation Command and the U.S. Air Force have shown interest in space vehicles to supplement traditional air, land, and surface transportation modes. The Dream Chaser will also support non-combat activities like humanitarian relief operations and medical missions. Sierra says the plane will serve as a new mode of point-to-point -point global terrestrial delivery of material and personnel as an alternative and complement to traditional air, land, and surface modes for DOD global supply chains. With the addition of a robotic arm, the Dream Chaser has the potential to boost satellites to a higher orbit or pull them out of orbit and potentially make repairs. Sierra successfully conducted their first drop test in 2017, and the first Dream Chaser is projected to launch in 2023. The spacecraft will begin flying a series of NASA cargo resupply missions to the International Space Station. It is slated to carry out a minimum of seven cargo missions to the ISS. Very interesting stuff. It's like a mini space shuttle. Just comes in, flies in, takes off again. Unbelievable. It's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. What's going on there? From Bloomberg, a resurgent bird flu. We thought we were done with it. Yeah. We're not. Is wiping out egg turkey supplies across America. That's what I was talking about earlier. Turkeys are selling for record high prices ahead of the Thanksgiving holiday as a resurgence of bird flu wipes out supplies across the U.S. Avian influenza is a devastating egg and turkey operations in the heartland of the country. If just one bird gets it, just one, the entire flock is culled in order to stop the spread. Millions of hens and turkeys have been killed in recent weeks. As a result, prices for turkey hens are nearly 30% higher than a year ago and 80% above pre-pandemic costs. Yes, just as concerning are inventories of whole turkeys, which are the lowest going into the U.S. winter holiday season since 2006. That means there will be little relief from inflation for Thanksgiving dinner. There's nothing appearing on the horizon to suggest anything new is going to surface to help ease the supply side pain for Thanksgiving turkeys. The new bird flu cases are troubling and involve turkey meat birds, which will without doubt firm up an already firm scenario, namely that there may be shortfalls during the holidays. The virus's comeback is a surprise because there are already a major avian influenza outbreak in the first half of the year that killed over 40 million birds. The disease doesn't usually return. This is the serious part about this year, as the heat of summer kills it off. The current outbreak, which brings death totals to over 45 million, is likely to only get worse as wild birds begin to fly south. 
Bird flu is propagated by migrating wild birds that swarm above farms and leave droppings that get tracked into poultry houses. This year's avian influenza doesn't seem to have been affected by the hot summer. And in the next probably four to six weeks, we're going to see those migrating birds coming back from Canada flying over the U.S. That may increase the viral load that's out in the environment. So we could have a full year of this and the poultry supply could be way, way low by the end of the year. We'll see. Gateway Pundit, quadruple vaxxed Pfizer CEO Albert Borla test positive for COVID again. NBC, less than 2% of eligible people. He's the guy that one year ago, it's been a year and a month now, one year ago said, if you get the vaccine, you will not get COVID. And almost to the day, one year later, he got COVID. And now he's got it a second time. NBC, less than 2% of eligible people have gotten updated COVID booster shots three weeks into the rollout. Gateway Pundit. Woman dies suddenly inside the pharmacy 15 minutes after getting a booster shot. Nothing to see here. CBC. Border vaccine rules. Mandatory use of Arrive Can mask mandates on planes and trains to end on October 1st. If you want to go to Canada and see Trudeau, you won't need a mask or a vaccine to go. New York Post. Judge orders New York Police Department union members fired over vax mandate reinstated. Morality is declining. Here's some news on that. Mail online. Woke Utah elementary school teacher suspended over video bragging that her classroom is built for non-white students is allowed to keep her job after school said she didn't break any rules or laws. She, her class is built for non-white students. From Fox, New Jersey schools must teach middle schoolers about I can't read what it says, a certain type of sex, which I cannot read out loud, pregnancy options or risk disciplinary action. If you don't talk about that filth in New Jersey, you will get disciplinary action. Gateway Pundit, drag queen dances while little girl repeatedly, I can't tell you what they had a little girl doing to this guy. I can't tell you. If you want to see, go look up the video. Um, uh, The guy is dancing Little Mermaid costume while another drag queen... I I just can't read it. I'm sorry. I I just can't put that. Uh, From the Washington Free Beacon. Meet the taxpayer-funded group pushing transgender identity on two-year-olds. The nation's top early childhood development organization, which has received more than $230 million in federal funds since 2008, claims that children as young as two years old can show signs of transgender identity and encourages educators to use tenets of critical race theory when they work with newborns. The group Zero to Three promoted these controversial views during its virtual conference this month, which included educational sessions titled, What Does It Mean to Be Transgender and How Can You Support Your Kids Who Might Be? And Elevating Racial Equity in the First 1,000 Days protecting, promoting, and preserving the health, wealth, and learning of our families and babies. This presentation addresses the development of gender identity, including how early the process begins, ages two to three, and how parents and professionals can distinguish gender exploration with the emergence of a transgender identity. 
Zero to Three, which has 3,653 members who work in the field of early childhood development, has received $234 million in funds from the DHHS since 2008. Guess who was president at that time? Our money. And guess who was president at the time, who started all of this going? Is slated to receive an additional $52 million by 2027, including $4.2 million grant from the Biden admin set to begin this month. This is the world we're living in. Two-year-olds. Remember the article I read about a year ago, maybe two years now. Joan Collins once thought, I want to be a boy. She said, boy, am I glad I got through that age. Let's just destroy human life as early as possible and get a lot of money out of it. From WWMT, Right to Life Volunteer Shot, Michigan State Police Investigate. Mail Online. You know, they've had, I think it's 27 of the Right to Life places burned. Not one person has been arrested. The FBI will not even return the videos of some of these places. They're not trying. They're hiding this. And they're going after people that care about their nation. You're the extremists here. Mail online. Cubans vote to legalize gay marriage and adoption in historic referendum on communist governed island. Zero hedge. West Point turns over 40 pages of mostly blacked out CRT emails. They were asked by Judicial Watch to send them these emails. What are you teaching? They're being paid by the U.S. government. They sent 40 pages and it's almost entirely blacked out. What are they hiding? Some other news from around the world. From Zero Hedge, one million dollar Yale University research project to combat racist video game hair. Yale University's computer science department recently announced a one million dollar donation given to them from the Bungie Foundation for a research project that fights against racist hair graphics in video games. It's widely assumed that the algorithms used to generate virtual humans are based in biological underpinnings that accurately reflect all races and ethnicities. In reality, however, these algorithms are deeply biased and based on predominantly European features. In other words, the people that are making these video games are racist because the hair doesn't match minorities. I can tell you that most of the people that do these video type games out in California are Korean. I know because I, one of my best friends before he moved out there to do this, went to school here for exactly that. And now he's out there with tons of Koreans because they're very good at developing these things. So, so much for racists, but when you get money like this, you're just going to look for it. The project will be led by, what's that? Yeah, they are. If you're an Asian, I'm sorry, you're white. My wife, I have to keep reminding her, you're no longer a minority. You are, you are white. Yeah, I, she's an oppressor. The project will be led by Theodore Kim, Associate Professor of Computer Science at Yale. According to Kim, the project will serve as an example of how to identify the products of systematic racism in computer graphics and demonstrate how to take concrete steps to ameliorate their harm. Kim believes that this racial bias in video game hair stems from computer graphics researchers that have historically favored the simulation and rendering of straight hair, which is racially coded as European or Caucasian hair. You don't fit that mold. I can tell you that right now. 
As stated on Kim's admin page, the researchers' topics in physics-based animation, which include the simulation of fire, water, muscle, skin, and virtual humans. In 2015, Pew Research Center conducted a study on how various racial and ethnic groups feel about video games. Their article showed that roughly half, 47% of American adults say they are unsure whether video games portray minority groups poorly. Interestingly, this is the most common response regardless of race or ethnicity. So nobody really cares about this. Exactly. The study continued by adding blacks 13% are more likely than whites 7% to say most video games portray minority groups poorly. However, close to half of all blacks, 47%, say they're uncertain if video game depict minorities in a bad light. Because they don't. Okay, from Breitbart. DHS funds leftist organizations to study radicalization, white supremacy in video games. So yes, we're getting it from the DHS. DHS, which recently said that questioning official narratives on matters like coronavirus policies constitutes a terrorist threat, has awarded nearly $700,000 to left-wing researchers to study radicalization in video games with a focus on white supremacy. Over the past decade, video games have increasingly become focal points of social activity and identity creation for adolescents and young adults, said the DHS. Relationships made and fostered within game ecosystems routinely cross over into the real world and are impactful parts of local communities. The money will go to a joint project run by Middlebury Institute's Center on Terrorism, Extremism, and Counterterrorism. Take this, a nonprofit that pushes left-wing ideology and identity politics, and logically, a company which, according to Vice, is attempting to solve the problem of bad online behavior at scale. The research director at Take This, Rachel Coart, told Vice that the grant is the culmination of three years of collaboration with CTEC on topics that have obsessed the pro-censorship left. I realized this was an area that was very under-researched. And by under-researched, I mean there was literally none. Then it was then that I pivoted my work towards looking at hate, harassment, extremism, and radicalization in gaming spaces. You guys are the problems. Zero Hedge. New York City Council eyes buying back used needles from drug addicts. Another program that will do absolutely nothing but fritter away their money. Introduction 609 would establish a pilot program that offers up to 20 cents for each needle, syringe, or sharp used at the city's two illegal injection sites, with a cap of $10 per individual per day. 20 cents. How many is that? That's five in a dollar, so you're talking 50 needles a day. They're expecting them to use that many, I guess. And they give them free drugs, so it's all just profit for them. The program would only be open to active drug users who come to an overdose prevention center, use the clean needle provided there for drug injection, and dispose it at the site, according to the proposal. If implemented, the program would last for a year which means it'll last forever. The city's public health department at that point would recommend whether or not to continue the program or whether to expand it to cover needles and syringes that have been used somewhere other than OPC. 
The intent of the bill is to get those folks that are using on our streets and open spaces to bring back the dirty needle as opposed to discarding them improperly. Ayala, a Democrat, of course, wrote in a Twitter thread. Others called the proposal misguided and an invitation to drug addicts to come to the city. That's your old stomping grounds. Aren't you glad you're not there? I'm very glad. I was actually talking to him. Are you from New York, too? Oh, I thought you meant California. Oh, no, not California. That's New York. New York. Yeah. The Same New York cop is behind okay. the California cop. Yes. <laughs> Zero hedge. Major London department store gives up on calling police to catch shoplifters. This is in the UK. London department store Fortnum and Mason has given up on calling police to catch shoplifters and is instead using its own private detectives to apprehend thieves. The upmarket brand has lost faith in the police in response to rising levels of shoplifting, partly driven by the cost of living crisis. Home office figures published in April revealed that shoplifting prosecutions had fallen to an all-time low. Just one in six shoplifting offenses reported to police resulted in a charge, nearly half the rate of five years previously. Between 200,000 and 300,000 shoplifting offenses go unpunished every year, while untold thousands more are never even reported. Citing a lack of resources, police departments across the UK have stopped responding or investigating some crimes, with their officers presumably being more interested in performing dance routines at gay pride parades. Car theft in London has effectively been decriminalized, with just 277 out of 55,000 offenses being solved by Scotland Yard, a 0.5% success rate. Back in 2015, the head of National Police Chiefs Council said that due to a lack of resources, officers would be unable to attend some burglaries. In 20, we reported on that at the time. In 2018, it was revealed that two-thirds of burglaries are not even investigated. Despite many crimes going unsolved, there's still plenty of resources available to prosecute people for saying offensive things or making edgy social media posts. We report on them constantly. Back in June, a man was jailed for 20 weeks for the crime of posting offensive George Floyd memes in private and Facebook group chats. In 2017, it was reported that British police had arrested 3,395 people for offensive online comments in the space of a year. And yet, you shoplift and nothing is done. You steal a car, nothing is done. But the thought police are out there in the UK and they're out there in all of the left cities of the US as well. Okay, who said it? And think of the left when I read this, please. Not who wrote it, but just think of what's going on in the nation right now. Who said this? We know they're lying. They know they're lying. They know we know they're lying. And we know they know we know they're lying. But they're still lying. Who said that? And this guy would know. No. No. This guy would know. No. Alexander Solzhenitsyn. That guy would know. I'm going to read it again so you can memorize this and you can say it to all your friends. We know they're lying. They know they're lying. They know we know they're lying. And we know they know we know they're lying. But they're still lying. 
That's exactly what's happening right now in the media. Everybody knows it, and yet they continue to lie. Okay, I got a Lesrick here for you. Let's see if you can figure out what he's talking about. London shoppers look for the best deal, or at least for some goods they can steal. Call a cop, that won't work. They will not rest a jerk. With good people at risk, it's surreal. That may have been his wife. Either way, very well done. Okay, we got a bit of irony here, and we're done. From the Superior Word News Service, Russian hypersonic missile accidentally struck Russia. Yes, and then Mail Online, world's most moronic crook. Chicago man is shot in the face by SWAT team who are in the middle of a training exercise when he broke into the police department building and tried to grab their guns from a table. Yes, such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Prophecy Report for the week.